Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Welcome to episode 464 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? Is there some sort of uh, funky thing that the number 464 lines up with? Um, you mean like like one of those computer rhythm things, like dot error stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I barely can turn my computer on and record an episode of the show, so... The internet tells me nothing much. Uh, there's a bunch of inter. There's an interstate 464. Uh, Maybe there's a, there's a local pipe fitters union in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Local 464, heard of it? Mm-hmm. Yep, famous. And then the uh, Urban Dictionary claims 464 cl- is to get some loving from someone really hot. Oh. Maybe 464 is our combined fighting weight, Joe. Did I cut did I cut a leg off? What's going on here? <laughs> well, that that, that math doesn't add up in my head. I don't know. Don't they fudge the numbers sometimes when it comes to fighting weights and heights? Uh, usually they'll go the well. Yeah, usually they'll go the other way. Like they'll go up, not down. Mhm. Mhm. But anyway, I'm sure one of us will say something stupid during the course of the show. That will necessitate becoming the title of this episode. No problem. I I, I hope I can rise to that standard as I always Yes. But, so what uh, do we got to talk about this week? We have uh, pulping, books, not oranges. Um, also, or fictions. Oh. Oof. Also, uh, more heartbreaking cancellations to me and you on TV. Oh. Uh, uh, cinematic universes being torn asunder, Joe. <laughs> and once again... The Rob Watch is back. Um, also, we have free digital books and sales, con news, what we read last week, which was Second Coming number two, Fantastic Four number 13, and in a late entry, Sinestro Year of the Villain number one. Yes. Um, yes. Also, what we're looking forward to this week, uh, there's some cool Todd's art attacks. And at the end of the show, we'll have spoiler filled talk of the season finale and something else, maybe of Krypton. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be a bittersweet episode, Todd. Yes. Bittersweet. Let's like oranges. Right. Let's start right off with, I guess the most latest and breakingest news. Okay. Which is apparently due to, uh, a standoff, inability to reach new terms with the New Deal. Uh, Sony is pulled Spider-Man from all future Disney Marvel films. Yep. The next Iron Man has been ripped away from Marvel Cinematic Universe. What's going to happen, Joe? They're going to have to call back that little kid from Iron Man 3. But that was Peter Parker. Don't you know that? Was it? Yes, they're retconning that, that that was Peter at the science convention going pew, pew, pew with his hands. No, no, no. Remember, like, there was, like, the little kid sidekick in part three? Oh, that one. I thought they were thinking yeah. of something else. Oh, that kid. He was at the funeral in uh, Avengers. Right. But now they could just kind of say, like, well, uh, Spider-Man died on his way to his home planet. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> right. A wizard did it. Right. And listen, I, there is no more bigger Spider-Man fan than I. Right. But being part of the Marvel Universe made Spider-Man mean more. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, and even, yes, in... I know what you're saying. Even it just it makes him a little more special because if he's the only one in his universe, then he's not that special. Where he's the little guy in the big pond in the Marvel right. Cinematic Universe. But over at Sony, of course, like Sony's still going forward. They had Venom. Morbius is next. They're going to do Venom two, and there's supposed to be you know two more Spider-Man films following up what we saw at the end of Far From Home. But, like, who knows if they could even do any of that stuff now? Right. And, you know, is Tom Holland going to stick around? Because is he part of that contract with, you know, the Marvel Disney? Like, I don't know. This is all business stuff that that, that I, I don't know. But we'll see because I, I just don't know. Going back to Sony, I don't see it. I, Sony will make all the money. On Spider-Man, but they will make less money yes. than they did with in the Marvel Universe, however. So, I don't know. And I just think the movies won't be as good. Uh, and, and I'm not a huge fan yeah, of Sony the Spider-Man. Sony has proven that they do not make good Spider-Man films alone. Right. And somebody else I saw online said that, is it going to be six or eight weeks before Sony finally realizes that this is the... I've made a huge mistake and goes crawling back. Or are they going to go fully through and further devalue the brand of Spider-Man and then go back? Yeah. Like how far are you going to take it before you realize you need, you need Disney. And uh, Josh brought up something interesting is like, I feel, I feel bad for Tom Holland at the, the, the Keystone comic con this weekend. Right. <laughs> Cause boy, boy, how is he going to get it? What, what questions are he going to, is he going to get all weekend now? Like he knows anything, you know what I mean? Like right. in, his, in the grand scheme of this stuff, he's like, I show up, they put a piece of paper down in front of me with lines on it. I read them and then they, they drop off a dump truck load of money to my house. Like I'm not in the, in the boardroom when this is all figured out, but he's going to take the brunt of it this weekend. Yeah. Nobody clears these decisions with him mm-hmm. when they should. Mm. He's not big enough to start like waving around any sort of, uh, any sort of uh, sway or decision-making abilities or anything like that. Well, how tall does he have to be to have some clout? How tall? He said he's not big enough. Uh, not big enough of a star, like Downey oh. Jr. Wow. I thought oh, you meant height-wise. Mm-hmm. hmm No, I get you. It's, it's like, he doesn't have, like, he has that, that Spider-Man money, but, like, if, if Downey Jr. was involved in this, like, then something would, would happen. Like, yeah. especially, like, if he said, I'll be in the next three Spider-Man movies, but they have to be involved with, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Sony fold faster than Superman on Laundry Day. It'd be like, we're in, because yeah. that'll make a billion dollars. But Spider-Man alone, it just doesn't have the, the clout. And I guess, like, I don't know how true the rumors are. It was like that, uh, I forget. It was like if it was f- five or ten percent of the gate uh, Disney got, and then Sony got the rest. And now Disney's playing hardball. It's like fitty fitty. And they're like, no, can we move that? No, we can't. You know, because you need us more than we need you. 
we have all this. You have Spider-Man, which diminishing returns over the years. And it didn't come back around until you worked with us. So see you. Talk to you later. Yep. I wish I everybody know. well in all their future endeavors. That's all I got to yep. say. It's a, a story to watch. Mm-hmm. So moving along to actual comic book news itself. Uh, So follow up from last week in regards to the Superman 14 and Supergirl 33s that DC was asking retailers to return, destroy, etc., etc. People are all trying to figure out exactly what was in there, what was what was in the new version versus what was in the old version uh, that DC was so adamant about pulling. And, And it seems as though the only thing that anyone can find is there's an image of Superboy inside the hole of a Legion ring with a bunch of Legion people behind him. And there's a gender swap going, or gender swap, a race swap going on uh, between Lightning Lad and Bouncing Boy. Right. And no one's 100% sure if that's what it is or not. Right, because other books, they've stated that it's because it has a year of the villain cover on it mm-hmm. and doesn't have year of the villain uh, stuff inside. But at the same time, Catwoman came out with a year of the villain cover and no, you know, stuff inside. So they didn't pulp that. So there's something weird going on here and then pulp them. And we ended up talking to, to our retailer and he said like, you know, that it was, Oh, just tell us you, 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 you pulped it and you're good to go. And now they're like, Oh, if you actually, you know, give us proof, We'll give you uh, freight credit on the next batch of like replacement book. It's like really weird. Like something is up, and I I do someday want to read the book about what happened with this story, you know, because it's too weird. Or is this much ado about nothing? Is DC making a much bigger deal out of nothing, and therefore is like the Streisand effect? Okay. Where they are complaining about something that's not that really big of a deal, but because they're making such a big stink out of it, it's becoming a bigger stink than it actually should be. Right, but it's... I know what you're saying, but it's this. The rub is on the books that aren't the are are the ones that are getting pulped. I guess any new, like I get it. Any any news is or any you know uh, what do you want to call it? Publicity is good publicity, but you're not selling more books because everybody wants all the speculators want those ones that are getting pulped. So does that lead to sales of the ones that the retailers are going to have? I don't know. Like I said, I guess, like I said, because Bendis hasn't been setting the world on fire with sales. Maybe this is something that gets people to try the Legion of superhero stuff, Superman books. I don't know, but I, I think it's something weird. I don't think it's I don't think DC's smart enough right now to do fake publicity. Right. And you had mentioned, of course, as we had discussed with our local retailer about previous pulpings and things like that, you know, whether it be a misprint in a Wolverine comic where it looks like a racial slur was said mm-hmm. or, you know, various other things. Essentially all it is is like the like we joked last week and said the honor system, ha ha ha. And prior to this, it was the honor system. Mm -hmm. But also, as you had just mentioned, that DC is like saying, no, 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 we're going to give you credit if you send them back to us. Mm -hmm. But already people are flipping them on eBay at 50 bucks a clip. So 
is it worth that freight credit you're going to get? Or yeah. like at 60 bucks an issue, if you sell your 10 issues, are you giving me $600 in credit and freight credit? Yeah. I don't think so. <sighs> I don't know. When did comics become a business, Joe? Uh, yesterday. It became, a com- it became a business yesterday. Sounds about right. So I will ask you, um, you know, as we didn't really discuss it all that much last week, did this, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, cause you to seek this book out to buy? Nope. Okay. No, I, I will. My completest days are way behind me. Yeah. And it, there are very few completest things that I have in my life. You know what I mean? Like I remember, and I remember when I jumped off the trolley right around flash rebirth, when, when Ethan Van Scriver was doing the variant covers and I was buying them and I'm like, why am I buying extras of a book? I already have like, and I'm spending more for the variant covers but I'm still getting the regular covers because I like, I'm trying to remember if it was Scott Collins was doing the covers at the time. And I like those too. So I'm like, oh. so very rarely do I come, am I a complete, like, honestly, like if this had been a weird Jonah Hex thing, because he has so many, so few appearances, I have everything he's ever done. Yeah. Maybe, but with everything else, with like all this, I'm like, no, I like, I could use that money, sixty dollars to 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 go buy a sketch at a like money put my money down to art or a sketch at a comic convention or buy a, a, two weeks of my pool list or whatever. And even if it was cheaper, I'm like, I don't need two issues of this this book. I'm good. I'm 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 done with that. I, I, are you still any kind of like a completist or anything like that with this stuff? No, I'm good. Right. I mean, I know this isn't a book you get, but. I don't know if you even do anything like that. You just pick the one you like more and you run with it, right? Uh, for the covers, yeah. Um, okay. You know, I do a whole thing. There's a site that Todd sent to me. It's like comiclist.com or something where they do a pretty good job of posting up all the variant covers. But sometimes there's ones that slip through the cracks. Like if it's a big, like number one book, they'll have most of the covers, like 80% of the covers. It's just tough to, you know, get them in advance because I think a lot of times the retailers don't get them advanced to have them up on the site. But either way, mm-hmm. what I was more leaning about was, you know, I, I know you're still getting Superman. I'm not, but did you make sure that you got these before they got pulped? No, I didn't try. Cause I don't even think they made it out to any of the customers at our shop to tell you the truth. Gotcha. I think, you know, he pulped them when he got them or whatever he did with them. I don't know. None of my business, but uh, yeah, they never made it to the to the new arrival table. Gotcha. And just as a side note, before we get to uh, the Rob watch, the November solicitations are starting to trickle out. The full DC solicitations are out. Yes. And Doomsday Clock Twelve is not in there. So I think that's about as official as it gets that I won the bet. There, like I, it, I like was... you had conceded weeks ago, right? And there hasn't been any delays in like three weeks. But the fact that it's not solicited in November solicitations, which is when it was supposed to be out by, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, you could set your watch to it. It's set in stone, however you want, whatever cliche you want to say. Right. 
And I'll tell you, all joking aside, Joe, mm-hmm. I'm kicking myself. When we did this bet all the way back when, yeah, and we said November, I, in my head I was like, and I knew as we moved closer, like you were never going to move it. But back then in my head I was like, go for December. Say December, like the, the end of the year. Because I do believe it will be in the December solicits. You do? Yes, I do. And it'll probably be close because if we stay, uh, September 4th will be most likely when the books come out. And we discussed, I think we discussed this, that we kind of believe that if they, they were going to delay it again, it'd be now because it has to be at the printers with two weeks to come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that, like we'll, we'll, right. We'll know uh, like 99% sure as this episode is going out when the diamond list for that week comes out. Right. And that's kind of like a 99.9% list. You know, things slip, things fall, whatever. But there's a 24-hour window on Wednesday. Like, by 6 o'clock on Wednesday, we'll know for sure right. if issue 11 is coming out, when it's supposed to be coming out. Right. So my thing is, if it if it comes out September 4th, then that gives you all of September. Like, I know there's four days out of there. So that gives you almost a whole month, September, October, November, December, that's three and almost three, three months and three weeks. I think at the, at the stage they've been coming out, even with uh, him doing star girl, there's a, there's a, I think a decent chance that they'll finish before the end of the year, because he seems to be on that three and a half to a little bit extra month. You know what I mean? Like they, they seem to have been hitting that mark as close as they can. So I do think it'll be in the, in the December solicits and it might make it out be, before the end of the year. I'd like to push this further, but I already won the bet. So right. I, listen, as they say, you know, why, why go, if you have 21 go, Hey, maybe, maybe I'll try for something else here. You already won. Why, why give up the ghost? You know? Yes. And now that you won, maybe I and I like the way you bet too. Like you go to the you go to the uh, to to your bookie and you go, all right, I'm going to bet on the on the Raiders. Okay, what do you bet? We'll see whether I win or not. That's when we'll decide what the bet is. Well, did we decide it's going to be dinner? Yeah. Well, I said back in the day, but then you said it was. We'll, we'll see. And it was going to be me. You were going to make me do something. I'm not 100 percent sure. So. Well, I told you in between. I was going to try to make you read a comment. Right, which I hate doing that. We both right. So I think it'll just be dinner. There you go. We'll see, but yeah. Uh, So the next bet we'll we'll get right out of the gate uh, what what it is, and we'll write it down. We'll put it on the wall of stuff by your where you rip down War of Realms because that that all worked out. Right, but that we didn't like place any money on it. Like no, but what I mean is that's where you keep all the the reference that we have. Like, right. like we have the little stickums next to the computer, the yep. post-its. We still have the Adam Hughes collection to discuss. Uh, the J.J. Abrams Spider-Man book. Right. That they've been really like, oh, it's going to have uh, lenticular covers, and we're doing like a launch party for it. I'm like, yep, keep doing that. Yep. Uh, that Vertigo will be back in three years for its uh, 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. And then whether or not that Garth Ennis uh, Hellblazer omnibus comes out next April, right? Did we add whether or not the uh, the Jonah Hex omnibus was coming out just because I ordered it? 
Um, I don't think we did. I think I don't we remember felt that was like a safeish bat. Right, because they got Jose to do a new cover and and just really quick, because we're talking about all this stuff that they are putting out. You know how like they canceled the Swamp Thing Absolute, and then it came back, and now in this upcoming solicits is the second Absolute is being solicited. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they would solicit the second one if the first one didn't get decent sales. But I did notice, and I I wish I could find the original solicit because it has the black label solicits. I noticed when the second uh, um, uh, Absolute was coming out, it was like uh, volume two of the Alan Moore Absolute Swamp thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And down the bottom, the black label, you know, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's kind of why they they stopped the original absolute like at that time. Cause that's when all that vertigo slash black label was in flux. And then it was like, we're getting rid of vertigo. So maybe they had to resolicit it because it was coming out with the, the vertigo label. And they're like, eh, it's returnable. If we, if we, if we didn't say black label, so just stop it and give it a few months and put it out as the black label one, you know, like that, that weird behind the scenes business stuff that we often talk about. Right. So, so just an update there, and then of course the Rob Watch, and this is one that we were being shown while we were at the comic shop last week. People were tweeting at us about it. <laughs> so Rob, uh, the Rob, the social media maven that he is, uh, you can't track him down. You don't know if it's Twitter, if it's going to be Instagram, it's going to be Facebook. It's very erratic with where he puts his announcements and so forth. Uh, but this one was on Facebook initially. Just building a new squad. I'll be showcasing new characters from a new book I'll, I've been preparing since last summer. One new character per post. Don't let the crease in the paper bother you. I do my designs on notepaper, and the crinkles are part of the fun. <laughs> oh, it's like french fries. The crinkles mm-hmm. are the best. So uh, what ends up happening is we get a reveal of his new team, which is Stingray. Titana and Guy Gardner. What? So I'm not really sure how he got the uh, rights to those characters when he lost the rights to his own characters. I yes, I think he got them in a weird contract negotiation uh, with when he lost the Young Bloods. Right, and uh, to be mixing not only Marvel uh, heroes and villains, but also Marvel and DC characters. Leave it to the Rob to be able to do it. I know. I just I wish Guy looked as good as that character does. Cause they're close, but that one looks better. And I hope he, I hope what he likes about that character is the soft spokenness of Guy Gardner and all the other weird things that won't match up if he, you know, says they look alike. I don't know because you know how he was with Snake Eyes uh, and Deadpool and I, I don't know. Right, how I, Snake Eyes is the combination of the three greatest characters in comic book history: yes. Spider Man, Wolverine, and Deadpool. Hmm. So I can't wait to figure out what the combination of this character is. We'll Death find Stroke, out. Yes. Guy Gardner, and Tom Cruise. Oh, there you go. Scientology again. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, the Rob's trying, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, good for him. I hope it works out, and I hope he gets to keep these characters. Right. And also just to follow up on that Andrew Rev guy. Yeah. That we had followed and we had tweeted at in the hopes that we could become like the the person who bridges the gap between him and the Rob. Mm-hmm. And I don't well, I don't want to cast dispersions on anyone, but I think that Twitter might be a phony troll account. 
that actually isn't looking to do the things that it's saying it wants to do. What? It was talking with Odin and Loki the other day, so... I I don't know. I think somebody's off their meds if it is the real one. Let me see if Rob has put up anything new on his Facebook for this. Facebook? You're going to that one? You never know. Well, that's where he posted the initial thing, right? Yeah, it's the Rob Roulette. What what, what is he going to speak on? Mm -hmm. He's tweeting about how... All of the Marvel announcement about the Sony Spider-Man stuff. They keep mentioning his creation, Deadpool. Of course they do. Uh, he has a variant cover for that Marvel Comics 1000 coming soon. Mm. It's the best one. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff about Kill Raven. Remember his great creation, Kill Raven? Nope, I don't actually. Okay. He really likes Deadpool. <laughs> Kill Raven. Deadpool. Kill Raven. Or Kill Raven. Deadpool pays the bills, man. Mm-hmm. No, nothing new. Are you sure it was Kill Raven? Nice. He's got like two different Kill Raven posts up. Okay, because Kill Raven was created in the 70s by Roy Thomas, Neil Adams, and Jerry Ordway. Or Conway. Right, he's just like, this is the cover to Kill Raven. I illustrated five issues of a series for Marvel, uh, written by Robert Kirkman from 2009-2010. It features the best work of my career. It has never been published. Don't ask. Oh, okay. So he was just putting up a bunch of stuff from that, I guess. All right, I thought you said his creation, Kill Raven. No, 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 he's just tweeting about it a lot. Okay. Or Facebooking about it a lot. He should have his own, like, social media. Right, like well, like this show is oh, his own social media. We combined all his best social medias into the one true social media. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So that's all we got for the news. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a bunch of conventions this weekend, uh, all over the world, all over the United States. Uh, we have the Fairfax Comic Con, Fairfax, Virginia. Uh, Jay Lee, Jamal Igle, and Pop Mon is going to be there. Remember Pop Mon? Yes, I do. I miss Pop Mon. I hope uh, he's doing well. Right. I remember when I didn't like him, then I did like him. Mm-hmm. So we got Comic Con Ecuador, which uh, is going to have uh, Brian Azzarello, Mark Texiera. Simon Bisley, as well as Michael Rooker and Mick Foley are going to be there. Mm-hmm. When an Equa window closes, an Equa door opens. Nope, I should have stopped you before you said it. <laughs> uh, Hub City Comic Con in Lubbock, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori Petty is going to be there, and that's two conventions in a row that she's at. There you Sucked go. It up. And there World Wrestling Entertainer Lita is going to be there. Lita. Oh, good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this weekend is it's a big it's a big weekend. Uh, it is Colorado, Colorado Springs Comic Con in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, Howard Shaken, Kevin Nolan, uh, Kevin Eastman are going to be there, uh, as well as William Shatner, Robert England from the world of sports and entertainment. Booker's T and Kevin Nash are going to be there. Oh, Super Shredder! Yep, and Emily Kinney is going to be there. Oh, I hope she sings. Mm. I hope she sings as well. Mm-hmm. So I hope she sings solo time. 
Solo, no one can hear her. There you go. Yeah. I got a couple in my back pocket. That's right. You set them up, I spike them. Uh, Wizard World Chicago <laughs> is taking place. Jerry Conway, Christopher Priest, and then tons and tons of media guests, ranging from professional wrestlers Rob Van Dam and the Honky Tonk Man. Oh, does he take any bumps? Um, no, I don't think either one of them do these days. Yeah. Uh, Henry, uh, Henry Winkler, Rob Paulson, Richard Grieco, George Wendt, Jeff Goldblum, and Steve Gutenberg. Again, oh. two weeks in a row, Gutenberg out in the convention circus. Mm-hmm. And just for your recollection, it's $5 cheaper to get your picture with Gutenberg at Chicago than it was at Pittsburgh last weekend. Well, everything's cheaper in Chicago. Right. Uh, just one guy. <laughs> yeah. Then the then we have Fan Expo Toronto. Uh, Gail Simone, Jeff Lemire, Donnie Cates, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, amongst others. Media guest side, Brendan Fraser, Jeff Goldblum splitting his time between Chicago and Toronto. Uh, Steven Seagal, Ham Anderson, Corey Feldman, Peter Weller, and some other Peter Capoliti guy. I don't know what his oh. deal is. And another two week in a row. Uh, let's see if the streak continues. John Travolta at this one as well. Oh, did you see the John Travolta dance slot picture? No. Oh, you. If you go to Dance Slot's Twitter, and there is a picture of Dance Slot so excited doing the Spider Man twit pose, and he got Travolta to do it, and Travolta looks like he would like to be anywhere else but in that picture. Oh, it's fantastic. Ah, Travolta looks all right. I think Travolta, I think based on looking at Travolta's hands, I don't think Travolta knows who Spider-Man is. Exactly. Yeah. It was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Make that your screensaver. Now, okay. I got Pokemon stuff in my screensaver. As you should. Uh, We have also in Knoxville, Tennessee, Bubba Fest is taking place, Todd. Bubba Fest. Right. Uh, Jim Starlin, Bob Layton, Peter David are going to be there. Uh, Media guests, Kane Hodder, Lee Majors, Michael Madsen, and Chuck Norris are going to be there. That is the geriatric attack club right there. (laughs) Look out. That is... Well, we're not done because from the world of sports and entertainment, Todd, Mm -hmm. we have Goldust. We have Jake the Snake uh, Roberts. Oh my goodness, check the bag. We have the road dog Jesse James and the bad something Billy Gunn. Mm. And uh, Todd also, knock knock. Who's there? Braden Walker. Maybe like two people will get that. Uh, But it's quite the lineup there at Bubba Con, Bubba Fest, whatever. Uh, No Bubba Dudley? No, no. I don't know if they're, they're allowed to call themselves that, that these days. They have to call themselves, like, brother or something. Oh, okay. But the biggie this weekend, only because, one, it's local, and it's another convention for the jet setter himself, Todd, to hit in the month of August. Yes. Keystone Comic Con in Philly. Uh, you know, we mentioned before, poor Tom Holland's going to be there. If you're going, leave him alone. Don't ask him about Spider-Man. Ask him about the new terrible animated Will Smith thing that he's in or something. Oh, where he turns him into a pigeon? Yeah. Uh, doing the pigeon. They're really one. pushing that one hard, and that looks like trash. What? Anytime Will Smith is a pigeon, it's gold. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, creators that are going to be there, uh, Barry Kitson's going to be there, Denny O'Neill is going to be there, uh, Dennis Cowan is going to be there, Larry Stroman, and Jim Starenko are going to be in there. Starenko. Mm-hmm. Just be careful, everybody. Yep. <laughs> yep. But I will be there wandering the floor on Friday, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, getting there early. What doing the strut, trying to avoid the wrestling section of the floor. Um, don't want to get none on me. Uh, so well, it should be a good time. If you if you see me walk up, I'll have the Johnny Cash bag. I say hi awkwardly, as you know. That's right. From the uh, last week's show. Uh, but I will say hi, so I'll be wandering. Should and all good. the links to those will be, of course, in the show notes over uh, with this episode, as well as information about the soon-to-be-named network. Soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com, where any of the shows in our network of, of shows, anytime they go up or anytime anyone from those shows are on other podcasts and they remind me, it goes up on the site as well, whether it be episodes of this show, episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, where we have the announcement of the next uh, episode of Al's Gals, of what we'll be covering. Uh, also, we have Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3. And final wrestling place, which I was a guest on this past week with Tim and Marcus. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh, I really kind of, I, I felt as though I befuddled their format um, of what they do. I think they went like a half hour longer than their normal shows are. Because when it comes to talking about that era of ECW, my inner attention deficit criminal comes out. <laughs> Good for you, Joe. Glad, glad to hear that, that that's still inside you. Yes. And uh, this week on At Odds with Wrestling, Adam and I will be discussing the big moves happening with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment and their TV deals, as well as our individual live reports from this past weekend's Let's Hang Out slash Mall Madness event that took place in an abandoned footlocker in the Phillipsburg Mall and kind of some of our adventures from there. And I just realized that's where that high school con is. Yeah. That that, that we, uh, me, Josh, and uh, our good buddy DJ ended up going to. Mm-hmm. So there you go. If they could line those up at the same time, that would be a fun time. Uh, well, I, I could talk to people. Uh, right. I'm going to mention that because they're, well, we're talking about it here. So. <laughs> no less than four people that were on this event went to Phillipsburg High School. Okay. Uh, one of the people that were on the event, sister, is the one who organizes the convention. Wow. And it's funny, too, because uh, she has been trying to get her brother to show up at these conventions. And he's always kind of brushed it off and saying, eh, nobody will know who I am. Eh, nobody's going to care to see me. Nobody cares who Orange Cassidy is. I think this year they might. <laughs> eh, they might this year. I don't know. I know that name now. Yeah. So, um, so the 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 deal came through uh, because, and it's not like it's a, like this is you know whatever. But three of those four used to work at that Footlocker at the Phillipsburg Mall when oh it still God. exists. So uh, I'm going to talk to uh, those people. And I'm going to talk to the organizers of the Let's Hang Out events mm-hmm. to say, hey, maybe next year you should coordinate something so that it's happening on the same weekend. I would actually probably end up going to the wrestling if it was the same weekend. Right. 
because I'd be j- I'd be stuck down there in a car with you guys. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to walk home, I could do it, but they're right. So all that and more this week at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Uh, digital sales and freebies. Uh, IDW still has their recent hits on sale. Uh, Marvel is having a sale on Guardians in the Galaxy stuff. DC is having a sale on Scott Snyder's stuff. Image is having a sale on Spawn stuff. As we close in on Spawn issue 300, this is the world we live in. And sadly, I say, as I'm looking this over, uh, I don't think Sam and Twitch are part of the sale. I wonder why. I guess There's it was, a lot they of, weren't... like, weirdly related Spawn stuff that's in here. It's, like, not even, like, it's, like, Haunt is in here. That McFarlane Kirkman book that they did. Mm-hmm. And then the kind of animated series style, The Adventures of Spawn, is included in this. But Sam and Twitch is not included in this sale. Maybe because it doesn't say Spawn in the title. Maybe. that might. That's what I was thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam and Twitch, not included in the sale. Big oversight, because I was going to say go check that out if you can get it on the cheap. Mm-hmm. That, uh, egg, that egg issue, there, but it's not in there. Right. And then Marvel is also having a sale on what they consider their modern classics of the tens. So that's like stuff within the last ten years. And hey, you know what's come out for Marvel in the last ten years, Todd? What? That really good Jeff Lemire run on Thanos. That was a good run. Hey, you know what else has come out in the last ten years? Immortal Hulk. Well, that did come out in the last ten years. Uh-huh. So you can get... Uh, the like, and it's a lot of just like first trades of stuff. It's not like big things or anything, but it's a whole bunch of trades for like three or four bucks. Like you can get the first digital trade of Immortal Hulk for three bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get the first digital trade of uh, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye for four bucks. You can get, you know, and they have stuff broken down as single issues as well. Uh, you can get the first trade of Jason Aaron's God of Thunder for three bucks. You can get the first trade of Donny Cates' Venom for four bucks. You can get the entire Jeff Lemire run of Thanos for five bucks. So there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yes, there is. And then the freebies updated as well. And I guess this is in conjunction with the announcement from a couple weeks ago of the What If animated series. That it's a bunch of the more recent What Ifs that they did. It's a What If Wolverine Enemy of the State Ended Differently. What if Spider-Man the other? What if Planet Hulk? And what if Civil War? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like if they did like some of the more like key, fun, 80s what-ifs for free, just because they're a little bit more goofy. I have a strange feeling that these probably take themselves a little bit too seriously. Right, yes, because they were the big money-making crossovers and stuff like that. But I know what you're talking about. I like the other ones like that were really far out there. Uh, they weren't comedy, but with the what ifs were like had some really great like alternate universe stories that I enjoyed. But. Right. So all those will be in the the uh, show notes here as well. So uh, let's get into what we read from this past week, Todd. Where would you like to begin? I would like to start with uh, Second Coming. Number two, uh, written by Mark Russell and uh, drawn by Richard Pace. 
this is the continuing story of Sunstar, who's this superhero in this in in this universe, and uh, Jesus Christ, who's been sent down by God to to live with Sunstar to toughen him up a little bit. Um, and this is them hanging out after Sunstar has gone to a support group because in the last issue he ended up defeating a bunch of uh, bank robber robbing bank robbing robots. That's a tough word to say. Um, but they actually weren't robots. They were like humans and he messed them up. So he goes to the support group and then he ends up with Jesus talking about like Jesus's life. And he tries to give him advice on how to live. And then God comes down saying like, Hey, I, you're, you're supposed to be toughing up my boy. He takes Sunstar to heaven to have a discussion about how he thinks he should, uh, Sunstar should approach life. And there's some fun stuff of seeing like what the, the, the restaurants in heaven are. Yep. Um, they're all, they're all uh, dead franchises up in heaven that don't exist anymore. So I thought that was fun. While that's going on, uh, Sunstar has a conversation on the phone with his girlfriend who he's trying to have a baby with that, we, that we've established in the book, Sheila, about how she, She's a reporter and she's getting hassled by this one uh, oyster uh, pirate. Uh, and so Sunstar's going to take things into his own hands and how that gets screwed up. And there is actually like a great message by Jesus at the end after all the stuff just comes crumbling down around Sunstar for a little bit. And I'm reading it. I'm like, you know what? Mark Russell, like uh, once again, God becomes the person you really don't want to to know because he's the Old Testament. And Jesus had with with the legitimate, like good advice in all this, and Sun Sunstar bumbling through. I'm like, I'm really enjoying this mini. And once again, I'm saying it like this should have been at Vertigo. This maybe could have put you back on the map, people, but hopefully it'll, you know, put Ahoy comics on the map. Right. So uh I like the the episode. Uh, I do have a feeling that either Sunstar or God himself are going to end up being the villains of this book. Mm-hmm. Now, sadly, I do just want to mention, uh, I did have some complaints about the uh, uh, the book, especially as you had mentioned, about the uh, the restaurants in heaven. Right. So, Kenny Rogers Roasters is still uh, popping. Is it? Maybe it, maybe he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it seems to be more international than anything else. Mm. They do have a franchisee fill-out thing, and their website is still pretty active, and their instant gram is too, mm-hmm. as of just recently, as of like an hour or two ago. That's what I was kind of thinking, that Kenny Rogers Roasters was still around, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. You did the detective work. You put your right. detective and hat on. if you're going to include a defunct or dying franchise, and you're going to do a joke about it, and you're not going to include Arthur Treacher's, I say the shame. Well, isn't Arthur Treacher still around? Barely. But barely is around. You don't want to kill off your... Your uh, your Arthur Treacher's. I know how much they love them. They're no Long John Silvers, which is will always be in my heart because it's clogged with the <laughs> the deep fried stuff. But I, I know what you're saying. Arthur Treacher's maybe maybe could have been on there. I don't know. Okay, so uh, according to the internet, right, there are still uh, 156 Kenny Rogers Roasters <laughs> locations worldwide. Worldwide, nobody. Worldwide, cares. nobody cares about the rest of the world. There are five Arthur Treachers left in the world. 
Yes, but those are run by Mr. Treacher's family. Mm-hmm. So they're they're like, you know they're good. Like, you know when it's like a small franchise? Yes. And you can control it. When it gets out of hand and you have so many Kenny Rogers roasters all over. And the quality dips. But yeah. the Treacher quality? Peaking now when there's only five. So it appears as though, and this is where we kind of get into things. So there's one in New York, one in New Jersey. And the rest are in the Ohio area. Right. And it looks like Pudgy's famous chicken <laughs> bought out Arthur Treacher's to sell a long time alongside their famous chicken. Oh, it's kind of like A&W and Long John Silver's getting together. Yeah. And Pudgy's is famous for, allegedly famous for their skinless fried chicken. Oh, who wants that? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I ever take a trip back out to Ohio. There's three Arthur <laughs> Treachers out there, so I have even more of a reason to go. I could see you going to AAA for your trip tech. Like, I'm uh-huh. going to Ohio, but make sure I pass through our, a town with the Treachers in it. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple. See, the problem is there's a couple more, but they're, like, secondary. Oh, now, see, I get down to the further list. Oh, Satlis breaks my heart. The one in the Stroud Mall in Stroudsburg, PA. Big red letters. Permanently closed. Oh, no. Right. So, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. There's actually ten uh, Arthur Treacher's left in the world. Well, there you go. You're Uh you're killing it early. Yeah. Eh, A lot of New York, a couple New Jersey, Ohio. I got plans. Let's I hit them all before they all die. There you go. You can apply for a franchise on that page, I think. I know. I was thinking about it. Just in my basement for me. We, we could sink all our Patreon money into opening Arthur Treachers. Longbox bad. Heroes Arthur Treachers. Not a bad idea. So, yeah, we're kind of off the tr- subject here. <laughs> but Second Coming is really good. Um, this this issue, you know, the premise is already set up. We get into an adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I don't know if you'd mentioned it, I liked the superhero support group. Yes. I like snarky Aquaman the most. Oh, Aquaman's always the best in the stuff that they do. Yes. Have you watched any of The Boys with The Deep? Nope. Okay, because The Deep is pretty good in The Boys, so and it kind of reminded me a little bit of that here. So, but. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get to The Boys eventually. Right. Uh, so also read from this past week was Fantastic Four number 13, which was the continuation of the two-parter where the Thing fights the Hulk on his honeymoon, uh, written by uh, Dan Slott with art by Sean Izakazi. Nailed it. Kazi, Izakazi. Uh, so this is just the timers ticking down. Much earlier on. Do we, uh, does Thing and we as the readers alongside find out that it is the Puppet Master controlling things uh, with the Hulk? And then also we we have revealed to us that it was Alicia who used the magic clay to make the Puppet Master give permission to Ben to ma- for them to marry earlier in this run. Right. That's not going to come back at all. Right. And, uh, you know, no spoilers, but this is uh, also the first time that the Thing beats the Hulk. Uh, and I go he didn't beat him because he was being controlled by the Puppet Master. If the if the Hulk was straight up, you know, being Hulk, that wouldn't have happened. So I give this an asterisk after the, after the win, if you know what I mean. 
This is like a Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds home run. Yeah, this doesn't count. This is, this is, he was withheld, you know, he was holding back because the puppet master was controlling him. That's my stance, and I'm sticking to it, Joe. But I really like this. Uh, I'm enjoying Dan Slott's uh, Fantastic Four. I'm glad it's back on track. It was a little delayed there a bit. You know, we we had talked before about some of the other books uh, that Dan Slott was writing, and they were being delayed, and he was getting co-writers on them. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that Fantastic Four, you know, the big marquee money book that he's writing is, you know, seemingly back on track. Right. And the one thing that I just want to discuss is I do like the epilogue where uh, the uh, Immortal Hulk decides to go see the Puppet Master because he's been controlling him, which does not make Immortal Hulk uh, happy in how he deals with him. And I'm like, that's a very Immortal Hulk way to deal with the Puppet Master. So, ugh. but great. I'm with you. I'm on all those points with Fantastic Four. Been loving it. Right. And then the last book that we're going to discuss is a book from a couple weeks ago uh, that kind of fell through my cracks. While playing catch up, but Todd had mentioned it to me in the shop this past week, and that was Sinestro Year of the Villain number one, uh, written by Mark Russell with art by Yildre Sinar. You got the Sinar right, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was even close on the first part. Mm. So I will say this: I'm not reading the Year of the Villain stuff, so the loose plot of this that holds this into the other year of the villains books was kind of lost on me. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty straightforward. Lex Luthor looks like some sort of like weird, shiny rock man of some kind. He's uh, merged with Brainiac somehow. Okay. Somehow. Right. Back in the, back in that, that special that they had, he ended up blowing himself up with Brainiac there. So I don't know how they, came back like this but go ahead and essentially this is dc or whoever's the 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 spearhead behind this redoing that mark wade thing from the 90s with neuron underworld unleashed yes that was it where it's essentially like a bunch of villains he gives them more powers and they come back and they do whatever he gives sinestro the power over the ultraviolet spectrum but like now you got to work for me Mm mm-hmm so there's a group of these like giant robot things that are destroying the worlds and they're making a path toward Earth. And it's Sinestro's job to stop them. And how Sinestro goes about stopping them is very ingenious, I would say. Because each of these robots inside of them have an entire civilization uh, that is has a very short lifespan that it just keeps rebuilding itself and rebuilding itself and rebuilding itself to constantly rebuild and repair these robots. Kind of like a take on the Genesis tub thing from Twilight Zone. I know it's not Genesis tub. I'm mixing the Simpsons of the Twilight Zone here. I don't remember what you were talking. I honestly don't. You know, when the, the, the Treehouse of Horror episode where Lisa builds the tiny town. Oh yes. Okay. And that's from a, episode of twilight zone yes where they land on a planet and there's a bunch of miniature yes. people but go ahead yes so you had i really liked this uh right. i thought it was really well done uh i liked sinestro's plan it's a two-week-old book but i don't know it's a one-off uh don't right. let the year the villain stuff fool you if you've been enjoying some of the stuff that mark russell has been doing elsewhere uh i definitely think you'll enjoy this 
Right. But we're talking about it is because Todd had, I think, a concern or an issue about the story. And it's not so much story. And I'm I'm looking back at it now as I as I reread it for today. Um, is I don't know. I just feel that I don't know if it's Sinestro's out of character or this doesn't seem like a story for Sinestro. I don't know. There's just something with it here. And I get with a lot of the stuff that Mark Ru- Mark Russell, you know puts layers in his story and he has some really great plans. And I like all the ideas that are in this book. To me, it just seems like, I don't know. This doesn't seem like Sinestro to me. This seems like a different villain would have went about it the, the way that they did. I mean, I like in the ending, like he ends up getting control of one of them. That's totally Sinestro, but I, I don't know. There's just maybe if there's a little bit too that I disagree with, maybe, and I don't want to go down this road, but I disagree with a little bit of the message that's in this book too. So I don't know. I just, I just, something fell off for me. And it was one of those as I was discussing it with you, I didn't want to say too much because obviously I didn't want to spoil it. And also, I, you ever just have it where it's tough to put your finger on what you want to say? I'm not trying to sidestep. I just can't put my finger on it or explain it the way I should, what I didn't like about this book. Okay, so let's talk about it, right? Okay. So what Sinestro essentially does is he sees, um, he sends a bunch of ultraviolet versions of himself into the world, right? To kind of study things. Right. And one decides to stay there a little bit longer as a doctor. And a little bit longer because time is relative. You know, these people live their lifespans in like seconds, if not minutes, and then just continue to, you know, go through the whole cycle over and over again. Right. Actually, their whole life is under one second. Okay. Right. So in that time that one of the Sinestros is in there, he, he, he stays there as a doctor. And he studies these people. And he studies their relationships. He studies their time cycles and everything else like that. And he convinces the other doctors there to expand their life cycle by 0.2 seconds. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, it gives them that much more time to begin to develop free will instead of just living for the purpose of the almighty robot thing. Right. It gives them not so much free will, but free time free time where there cuz that your whole life is is dedicated to working for these giant beings and the, the, now there's like you're working and you have free time to I don't know be in a band or do whatever you want I, like they do various things and he's like now once you have a taste of that freedom you it's hard to ignore and that's how he ends up stopping them from regenerating these giant creatures from the inside. They, they don't work 24 seven to, to do this, I guess. Would that be a good way of putting it? Yes. But I feel as though we did get the braggadociousness that we typically see from Sinestro. Mm -hmm. Obviously this is him building his new army. Like I haven't read what Sinestro has been up to in between whatever it was the last time that I read a Green Lantern book to now where he is here, like how he got to this point. But this certainly seems like this could be the beginning of a new status quo for Sinestro. Right. Like, there's specifically um, uh, a portion where he takes down one of the first set of robots, and there's, like, an army there on whatever the, uh, the, the planet is. And, you know, Sinestro is very sarcastic. He's like, who's in charge? Um... 
And the guy says, uh, God Emperor Garth. And Sinestro replies, and that's one of the robots. And he says, no, here, if I started killing people, who would they make a half-assed attempt to protect? Mm -hmm. That is Sinestro to me. A line like that. Yes. So I, I, I don't get the same take on this that you do, that this didn't feel like Sinestro. Now, obviously, toward the end, where he now has control over the robot, and he tells... You know, Luthor, it's like, well, you didn't tell me to destroy the robots. You just told me to stop them. They're stopped. Mm-hmm. But I'm keeping this one, more or less. But now, with these people inside having the free time that they do, Sinestro takes over. He's whatever the god emperor of these people are. And then he starts to sow the seeds of disinterest amongst the people by starting to make a segment of the people hate the thing that he gave them, which is free time. Right, the elder ones, even in a second, he's like, hey, remember, like, these new kids, they don't have the ethic that you did, you know what I mean? And, right. like, it was all about work. And I and I get all that, and that's in the, 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 I don't know if it's maybe the message, like I said, and I don't, Sinestro doing it, I just don't see, I don't know, like I said, I can't do that. But I, I'm, I'm watching, and even the plan, as I think about it now, doesn't make much more sense to me, because... He's like, oh, you'll have more time for free time. But if all your life is fixing these robots, what does if giving me 10 more years of my life, if all I ever do is from the second I'm old enough to the time I die is fix robots, what is am I aren't I just going to use those 10 years to fix the robots? Right. Do, do, do you know what I'm trying to like? I don't know. It's just a weird story to me. I'm like I said, I don't want to bag on Mark Russell because up to this point, every I've loved his Red Sonia, I've loved his Lone Ranger, I've loved his Wonder Twins, uh, his Second Coming. I don't know. There was something about this story was not for me. Tough to explain. I got you. I got you. Uh, I'm glad you forced me to read it, moving it to the top of my pile because I really liked it. And now I want to see this status quo of uh, Sinestro, written by Mark Russell or not, going forward. Sinestro is one of my faves, so, you know, I'm going to come in with uh, ultraviolet-tinged glasses when it comes to his stories. Yes, you do. So now, uh, in the interest of fairness and uh, back by popular demand, uh, we are going to turn the show over here to my friend James for the Mutant Minute. And if I look at the previous schedule, it looks like uh, Powers of X number two came out this past week. So uh, I assume that's what he'll be discussing here. James, take it away. It's the Mutant Minute. I want you to take a moment and picture your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. What do they look like? What are their essential characteristics? Are they cool but rude? Do they have an attitude? A sigh? A bow staff? A hockey stick? You hipster. Whoever came to mind, I doubt it was their leader and the one who brings them all together. Leonardo. This might qualify as a hot take, but almost nobody's favorite is Leonardo. 
He's the basic idea of what a Teenage Mutant Turtle should be. The Golden Boy. The Boy Scout. He has about half as much interiority as the other Ninja Turtles do. Now picture your favourite mutant. Imagine what they look like. What is their primary mutant power? That's right. This week, it's time to talk for a minute about your favourite X-Man. Cyclops. Cyclops is not just a simple portrayal of a Boy Scout. Cyclops invites extreme reactions. People love Cyclops. People hate Cyclops. Cyclops is my favourite X-Man. Cyclops is an onion. He has layers. Cyclops was upset that his first love had died, so he accidentally married her clone. Cyclops made out with his new wife while standing on the grave of his old wife. All he can see is ruby quartz, and yet he's a visionary. He's the leader. He's the one where all they ever did was die on him. He's the center of the dreaded Summer's family tree. The man with the power of twelve. The mutant revolutionary. Cyclops is a problematic fave. While Leonardo only exists for Raphael to rebel against, Cyclops, on the other hand, has to deal with Wolverine. Cyclops' restraint, repression, and responsibility all wed into a toxic stew of a man, and that's what makes him sing on the page. Whereas Wolverine is classically defined by unchecked animal instinct, reaction, and rebellion. When you're a teen, you're obviously Wolverine, and you're not going to be contained by the man and all his rules. When you're an adult man with a family... You deal with the petty rebellions of Wolverines all the time, and Cyclops and his determined authoritarianism becomes the more relatable one. Cyclops is right. Powers of X2 doesn't open any new chapters on the perils of separatist ethno-nationalism or introduce multiple recurrent lives or different eras in time for the first time. It simply gives multiple spotlight characters like Apocalypse, Magneto, and even series villain Nimrod, cool moments and awesome things to say as it advances the story. But for me, the issue is great because it gives my boy, Mr. Emma Frost, the optic blaster himself, old Slim Scott Summers, a cool suicide mission to agree to do in a cool way. And we'll find out how that goes for him next time on the Mutant Minute! Okay, well, thank you, James. Uh, I, I guess, you know, comparing Cyclops to one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a, a discussion of powers of X, but thank you very much. Uh, very uh, interesting uh, uh, statements there. Definitely very interesting statements. And I would like to go on record as saying that I think James called me the H word. Oh. Uh, a, a hipster. Because you know who the biggest Casey Jones fan on the planet is? I think it's me. I have three Casey Jones masks upstairs, uh, prop replicas, in my bedroom right now. And I'm looking to buy more. So I'm not 100% sure if that was a swipe at me, James. But if you're going to come for the king, you best not miss. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, the king. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you again very much, James. Uh, you know... 
I don't know what the schedule looks like for the X-Men books here, but you could find out what the schedule looks like for the X-Men books when you go over to the poll post over at longboxheroes.com. Every Tuesday, around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, whether you're waiting for the trade, however it is that you're getting your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know it's coming out this week. Uh, Todd is still in the lead with seven correct guesses over me, with uh, what, guessing what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Um, I still am not going to quit, never surrender. I'm going to keep plowing forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking over your list. Is the book you're looking forward to most criminal number seven? It is, of course, criminal number seven. And uh, I'm going to guess that yours is the same criminal number seven as well. It is criminal number seven. So yeah, that criminal's a good book, huh? Yeah. Oh, every week it's so so good. I can't get enough of that. Ed, Eddie Brubaker, he knows what he's doing. Eddie. And, and I would also like to say that we were talking about uh, powers of X and everything. That CB Sabolsky tweeted this out, and this is why I love the X Men, Joe. Remember, X Men readers, tomorrow is the day when the uh, House of X and Powers of X reading order switches. So, Powers of X three will be on the shelves. They're not out of order. This was planned for story reasons. Reading orders is listed in every issue. Also, be sure to check check your covers carefully. That was thirteen hours ago. That's what I love about X-Men. They're not confusing enough, Joe, that we have to start moving how the, the books are coming out and we have to pay close attention to covers and, you know, you know, give me more seeds and maybe, maybe I'll buy these books. I like when you make it as clear as mud for <laughs> us to have an entry point to your big event. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Spider-Man Venom event where it's like uh, a bunch of carnages are killing people. There you go. There you go. It's and the dumb guy it. event. There's the dumb guy event, and then there's the I gotta work real hard event. I know what I'm doing. That's right. You could have, hey, hey, dumb guy, you like temporary tattoos and carnage? Here you go. You want you want immediate gratification, or do you want to plant a seed and hope it grows eventually? <laughs> That's right. As you watch it withered and die like your hopes for the X-Men books. <laughs> Thank you, James, for giving the discerning <laughs> opinion about the X-Men books. Uh, as I said, best not miss. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, of course, be sure to check out all the back matter that we have there. Past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark. And there is still, what, less than three weeks away for you to sign up for the Pigskin Pickums? Yes, sirree. I think we have 22 people signed up already, and it's always fun whether you're a football fan or not a football fan. Uh, you know, I hear rumblings, people talking that there might be a strike after the season. Perfect time for the XFL to start next year is all I'm saying. I'm excited. I'm excited for this Pigskin Pickums to start because that means we're one game closer to the start of the XFL season. Oh, my goodness. At least we have the Lamborghini of Pickums in there. So, oh, there you go. I, you didn't say Lamborghini of uh, podcast at the beginning of the show, so I'm glad we worked it in here. Okay, yes, I got to work on that. Uh, I'll write that down in my notes next to my computer. So, right, but put the post-it up that says "Not Joe." Cross that out. You can call <laughs> yeah. me that now. I still have that around here. Somewhere. I know you do. Uh, of course, you can also help us out by purchasing things from our store, whether it be stickers or pins or shirts. 
Uh, that link is there. And also, if you want some more designs, whether it be for soon-to-be-named network or at odds with wrestling, uh, you can go to our T Public store and check some things out there. You can also contribute to our Patreon uh, as much as you want. Uh, a buck a month is going to get you access to some of the old shows that Todd and our good buddy DJ did some nine, ten years ago. Five dollars a month is going to get you early access to the After Darks, usually about two days before everyone else. And of course, uh, we did mention on After Dark, mentioning it here. Uh, we want to thank two new Patreons signing up since uh, last week. Uh, Chris Sherley. Uh, I pronounced it two different ways on two different shows. Hopefully one is correct. Mm -hmm. But either way, thank you very much, Chris. And thank you very much to all of our Patreons. Uh, we had a little hiccup last week that uh, I'm going to say that I personally fixed throughout all of uh, Patreon. Yes. And didn't you have a hiccup with the pull post too? No. Oh, so uh, this morning when I was trying to do the pull post, it wasn't allowing me to type text into the text box for the, box for the posts. Okay. So around noon, it still wasn't fixed. So I did the pull post on Patreon, scheduled to go out for 5.30. And before I did, like, a, like when you sent me your list, I'm like, let me double check to see if the back end of the main site is working. And it was. So I moved it over from the Patreon to here. Oh, you are a technical wizard, sir. I am a technical wizard. I should be doing work instead of futzing around with this. Mm -hmm. But one other way that you could help us out, of course, um, you know, you don't have to sign up for the Patreon. You don't have to buy shirts or anything else like that. But you do purchase anything else in the world, and you'd purchase anything else in the world through Amazon. You use the banner at the top of our page. We get a little bit of a kickback. Uh, they call it an advertising fee. We call it. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the uh, click through this past week, uh, someone purchased the story equation, how to plot and write a brilliant story from one powerful question. Uh, somebody also purchased simple green outdoor odor eliminator for pets. Uh, somebody also purchased a pair of Zubaz men's classic printed lounge pants. Uh, they appeared to be like red tiger striped or zebra striped or whatever. Uh, somebody also purchased a D&D &D campaign book, uh, Eberron Rising from the Lost War. And somebody also purchased the, be quiet, Pure Rock Slim CP Cooler, along with the Asus Graphic Card and Cooler Master High Performance Thermal Paste. Ooh. It appears as though someone is building their own computer. I'll take your word for it. That's right. I know that because they emailed me and told me that that's what they were doing. Well, good for you. So thank you, Jason. I'll tweet. Oh, no, I can't tweet it. You deleted your Twitter. Oh. So, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We uh, did. We ever. Uh, Dulascar uh, sent many. Many he sent in uh, three from Jared George, which is a Spidey with cap shield on his arm, uh, the aforementioned uh, Cyclops, and I'm not sure it's a duck with fly wings and a little crown on it. I want to say it's like uh, Howard the Duck, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, so and it's saying I hate you in cool like like text that, that I, you know, the kids understand that I don't know. And also he sent in three from Kyle Stram, um, which is a stormtrooper, one of the stormtroopers. I'm not sure, you know, there's various different kinds, a Mysterio 
and a Daredevil, which are all fantastic. And then the one that I love the most is uh, these were all at Library Con 2019. He got, and this one is special. It's a fan, Fantastic Four Sue Storm as detict, depicted by two-time artist draw-off moderator and winner Colin Bunn. Also thanks to uh, Cindy Bunn, uh, who, who was involved. And it's just a blank piece of paper signed by the two of them, which is fantastic because, you know, it's the Invisible Woman. So I'd like to thank you for all of those. They were very nice. And I had one from last week at... Uh, Terrific con I got from Mike McCone, who's a great guy. I got a cheap quick. He has them, you know, for uh, head sketches for the Heroes Initiative. Um, It was only $25. I decided to go with a Robin because he had done Teen Titans that I love very much. And then I had the Batman Barry Kitson sketch from last week right next to it in the the sketchbook. So it's a Batman-Robin twofer. That I like very much. If you get a chance and you see Mike McCone at a show and he's doing the Hero Initiative sketches for like $25, don't be afraid. Go up and grab one. There, I mean, it's a great sketch for, for the price. I mean, you know exactly who it is, you know, when you look at it with his stuff. And Mike's a great guy. If you get a chance to t- talk with Mike, uh, he kills, you know, kills some time talking to him. He's, he's a great person. So uh, can't recommend that enough. And hopefully I'll have some more for next week. And hey, I also want to mention this. So Library Con was one of those conventions that slipped through the cracks when I compiled the list because I go through two different sites and sometimes they may not have the most updated links uh, to some conventions. So if you're a listener to the show and you know that there's a convention coming up, shoot me a line so I can mention it on the show. I, I like to publicize, you know, conventions, of course, letting you, the folks know. And I'm, I love seeing our listeners going out to these smaller conventions and having these more personal interactions with creators, you know, whether it be Todd himself, as he's talking about Mike McCone or like Dwayne did here with uh, Cullen Bunn and his, and his wife, Cindy, stuff like that makes me happy to see that sort of relationship can still be built. And a lot of times they can happen at these smaller conventions. Mm-hmm. So like I said, if you see one coming up, shoot me a line. If I don't get right back in touch with you, I, if you send me a direct message, you send me an email, I might just give you like a thumbs up or something like that as I'm compiling the list. Usually I compile the list of the conventions on Friday for when we talk about them this week. So, you know, just so you know, but it's not like it's too late. Like if it's, if it's Tuesday, it's too late. You know, the right. show's recording, the train has left the station, whatever. But, you know, obviously if it's a local con that you're dealt, you deal with, you're involved with, you're whatever with, let me know. Shoot me a line. Um, like I said, yeah. direct message me, direct message the show, Longbox Heroes, email longboxheroes at gmail.com. However it is, I want to make sure that we get all the information about the conventions out where there that we can. Right. Don't be afraid because you might think, oh, well, they already know about it. And even if we do, what does it hurt? Yep. Like, you, It's like, oh, no, we, we got a message that about a con we already know about. We're never talking to you again. No, it's <laughs> it's just useful information because we may have missed it. Especially, like, if you're going to tell us San Diego Comic Con's going on, maybe save your time. You know what I mean? But, like, Library Con's a small one, especially small ones because we miss them all the time. So give us a hand. Do exactly. our job for us. That's well, what we not like. do our job. I'm but, kidding. I'm kidding. John. You know, don't uh, don't be afraid. Don't think that we know about every convention that's happening because a lot of times what happens is you know I, I lament about it on the show is sometimes these sites that compile these conventions you know miss some or don't include some purposely or right. they have like a dead link or they only link to a Facebook page or a million right. different things. Like I remember the library con specifically. 
it was just a link to the library's website. And they didn't have any information. Probably. And it wasn't like right on front. So I'm like, gotcha. okay, well, maybe, you know, whatever, right? Right. I'm a fan of Cullen Bunn. I love Cullen Bunn stuff. If like right. it was a little bit more on the forefront, pushed out there. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm not on Twitter as much as I'd like to be. I should actually be on Twitter a lot less than I actually am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but yeah, just to shoot us a line. So, last but not least, I guess, um, we have TV talk, but still a little bit more news. Right. I mentioned it at the beginning, but we're putting it at the end. Yes, because it came out this week that Sci-Fi has decided to uh, cancel Krypton and not go forward with uh, the spinoff of Lobo's Ladies. Mm -hmm. Not really called Lobo's Ladies, but we called it Lobo's Ladies. Right. Whatever the Lobo TV show spinoff was it going to be, mm-hmm. they decided not to do it now. Uh, they were saying that the... And, and listen, it makes sense. Um, the ratings were cut by a third from last season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's maybe wasn't the best fit for sci-fi. You know, one can only hope that this... Uh, one of these two shows, whether it be Krypton Continues, as we'll discuss here... Or the Lobo spinoff goes over to another streaming service or maybe over to DC's streaming service itself, you know? Right. Uh, the showrunner of Krypton, Cam Welsh, uh, came out and had a whole big long thing about it. Um, you know, just kind of saying thanks to the fans, sorry it took us so long, kind of individually thanking everyone. And, uh, you know, at the end, kind of saying, and I really like this, that uh, while there's a fitting way for us to go out, I want to remind everyone that this was not the story of how uh, the story of Krypton is not how we died, but how we lived. Mm -hmm. And then he had uh, some script pages or pitches or whatever it was of what the beginning of season three was going to look like. Right. And what makes me sad about this is because it was, you know, about, and it makes sense. It was, it was too expensive for sci-fi to make any money and you know what it looked like it was a really good looking show for a sci-fi show yep and you know it just wasn't making the money back and you know what i will not if you tell me straight up hey this we're not making the money i will not begrudge you i would like to see it move over to another you know site and and keep going but i highly doubt that's going to happen and if the lobo series doesn't ever happen it's going to make me very sad because the actor who played Lobo. I had such a blast with his a few appearances in this in this season of Krypton, but at the heart, he was Lobo to me. So that makes me that like legitimately between this and Swamp Thing, like I lost two of my favorite comic book shows like within the course of a couple months, and I'm very sad. So, absolutely. So let's put the final bow on it. Let's talk mm-hmm. about this series finale, at least for now, of Krypton. Right. So we get uh, the final push. Uh, You know, we get the recap from the week before uh, with the big explosion, the sacrifice. And uh, Seg goes directly to Zod to face him. And he's got uh, uh, he's got uh, Lyta by his side. Right. And we get the other stuff with um Adam Strange being injured. We get a little bit more development with the relationship with uh Jaina. Now 
uh, what's it? What's her face? Uh, Nissa Vex goes off. Now, I have some questions in regards to where she ended up. Right. Well, we'll talk about that because that's, to me, I want to talk about that last. So she ends up, ste- just real quick, she ends up stealing uh, Adam Strange's Zeta Beam and she disappears. And they're like, well, you're not quite sure where you, you could end up anywhere. And she goes off. But while that's going on, like uh, Adam's trying to figure out his place in the in the world because he can't walk anymore, but he still wants to fight. And uh, they end up, like you said, uh, knowing that they're going to get attacked at that outpost. So they do a, a thing. They get set for all the Sagittari to come. And that's why they send Lyda off and Seg to to fight Zod. And so we have the battle on both both fronts. And they end up, you know, s- repelling the Sagittari. And Seg and Lyda end up defeating Zod in a, in a fight. Because the Sagittari realize what happened with him. Do Lita Lita gives her story like this happened to me, so don't stand with them. They end up beating, but now they don't know what to do with them, and they end up like, well, we, you know, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna come back and he's gonna be a problem. So they end up black mercying him, and yeah. he ends up, you know, which is the beginning of the episode is him attacking Earth, getting to Earth, and you're like, oh, this is bad. He ended up getting there, but you find out that it's his dream and the black mercy is he's conquering the universe and everything, and that is a good good way to get rid of them and they end up giving adam strange his adam strange suit so he can walk with the jet pack and everything and i was like oh it's adam strange is in his outfit i'm sad now that i'm not gonna see more of this yep so it was a good time and, and then lobo oh shows up right uh lobo who is deadpool done right in this show right uh he you know they have a oh so before we get to lobo there's the the part where they confront Zod, and Seg is taken on Zod for a little bit, and then uh, uh, Lyda steps in, and then it's kind of the two of them together that finally end up taking Zod down, right? Mm-hmm. But before they do, as Zod's attention is turned toward Lyda, and Seg reapproaches him and says, care to step outside, General? That is a great line. Oh, such a mark-out line. And, and him taking the jacket off? Yeah, and the S is on underneath. You're like, you know what? It's not too much. It's just the right amount. Yep. Like if you'd done any more, it would have been like too much. But that was just enough. Because you know what? The young kids, the young whippersnappers today, Joe, they're not going to understand that line. But we're like, oh, okay, I get that. Superman, the Donner stuff, and all. But uh, had I had a blast with that. I thought that was like a great markout moment. I agree with you. So, uh, you know, they're all kind of celebrating their victory. And as Todd mentioned, Lobo shows up. And uh, Lobo is uh, making a tinkle off the back of the building. <laughs> and then he proceeds to lay out his plans with Seg, uh, with his uh, main man still out. Yep. Tells him to drop the weapon. It's <laughs> mm. a great quote. And he's got the gun and he's holding something. Drops the weapon. And he doesn't, you know, he lets it go and he's still holding the gun. And he's like, I meant the other one. But by the way, very impressive. And my, I laughed. I had a pause at Joe when Lobo goes, thanks. I grew up myself. I was like, oh my God. He did. <laughs> Fantastic. But go ahead. So uh, it sh- Lobo shows up and is like, hey, you promised me Brainiac. Brainiac's still out there. Mm-hmm. And Seg is like, well, Brainiac's got my son. Uh, you know, let's work together and let's go get Brainiac together. And then we see Brainiac has 
uh, what they it was Corvex, and then they said that the baby's name now is Jorel, Jor-El. right? Yes. Okay, so uh, where is Brainiac headed off to? Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know we're not getting any more of the show after leaving it with like all this setup at the end, right? And then we find out where Nissa is. Okay, go ahead. You got questions so, to ask? Okay, so she's on a planet. There's like a bunch of people that had like oh, and uh, just real quick before we get to Nissa, uh, so the explosion did work, and Doomsday is like trapped under ice because mm-hmm. they they when they're when the, we're on the thing. And they show Doomsday trapped underneath the thing, and I'm sure he'll stay there forever. Or at right. least he has no choice to because, you know, we're not getting any more of the show. Um, so Nissa has Zeta beamed off. She's on what appears to be like a, you know, planet with breathable life. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who's like all burned up and mangled. She up- approaches a cave. A bunch of buzzards or birds or something fly overhead. Right. And on the outside of this cave is a, an Omega symbol. Right. So that didn't look like no apocalypse to me. Right. But is that what that was supposed to be? Yes, that was supposed to be the mark of the Omega Men. Right. So it's and the mark of the Omega Men, but is she on Apocalypse? No, she's on Ran. Okay. She's on Ran, and they... And this is the way I took it, and then oh, later so I... like, hawk people flying overhead. Yes. Uh, this is the way I took it, was... And later on, the showrunner acknowledged, because he was answering questions. Like, you know how he said he put out the, the first couple pages and stuff like that? But basically, she shows up, and the, there's all the smoldering people, and one's alive. He's burnt really bad, and he's pointing up, and she's like, what's up? What's... What's up? She doesn't see anything. She takes the gun off him, finds the cave with the Omega Men symbol. And I'm like, oh, cool, the Omega Men. Because I didn't think it was going to be Darkseid. With everything going on with uh, he was going to be in Justice League and blah, blah, blah. And then he wasn't. Um, And she looks up and she sees the wings. She's on uh, Rand that's being occupied by Thangarians during the Thangarian-Rand War. Okay. That's how it ends, where she's here. She's trying to find... The scientist, I can't think of his name, who created the Zeta, the Zeta beam, because she wants to use it to travel through time to to stop Brainiac before she takes the baby. And now she's in a world of hurt because not only is she on Rand, there's Thangarians, there's a war, there's the Omega Men, and the showrunner said, "Yep, that's all what this is. That's what we were going to do in season uh, three. Makes me sad. It does. When I saw all that, I was like, "Oh my God! You could have got Hawkman." You know, or one of the versions of them, and oh, just I'm very upset because it looked really cool. So I don't know. You know, I, I'd like to hold hope out that we'll maybe get this somewhere else down the line. I would like to see. I, are we going to start the petition, Joe, to no. save Krypton? No. Um, okay. How about you know what? I and all joking aside, we're not going to you know do a petition but you know what i would like to see the 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 showrunner finish this in comic book format just be like do a krypton comic and be like here's what we i'm not saying him because he's probably gonna go off and do tv but the ideas and just finish it up and i would buy it i would honestly buy it to see how this ended maybe a tv movie Eh, that's true 
I know there we I've seen a lot of announcements for casting for the next season of Titans has been happening mm-hmm. over the last like uh, week or so, but I don't watch Titans, so I don't know what to do. And then even further still, um, you know, we don't have any TV for like another month. Yep. So uh, what do you want to do? I, I don't know. Let's take a break. We earned it. Uh, I'd say we earned it. I mean, I, I'm not just going to watch something to, to – I, I don't have much left. I did The Boys already. I did Stranger Things Season 3 already. I know we both did Stranger Things. But it's like I don't, I don't know what there is left to watch and just to watch something to talk about it is not what I want to do, if that makes any sense. I want to be, you know, into whatever I'm going to get, and I don't know – I, I don't want to watch Titans season one. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't I know. Was, I was going to pitch um, Doom, Doom Patrol. Right. I was interested in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's that, uh, the Ed Brubaker show, but that's not a comic show related show. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Like, if yeah. you want to do something, we could do it. But I'm thinking just take the break and, you know. Because what's it going to be, four weeks without TV talking? Then we're back to, you know, uh, all this the Flash stuff leading into Crisis on Infinite Earths. And there's going to be a ton. Yeah. So I say we take the, we, we drop the rock for a month. All right. I'm with you. I'll drop it. Okay. All right, everybody. I think that's enough show for this week, eh? I agree. Okay. So, four. Todd, this is Joe, closing out episode 464 of the Lamborghini of Comic Book Podcast, Longbox Heroes. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. <laughs>